Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the 30 and Thriving kind of podcast. We are your co-hosts. My name is Kendra. And my name is Ashley. Welcome. Welcome. Today. Okay, so... Ashley comes into my office, and I haven't talked to her in a week, and she comes in, and we're obviously doing 75 hard, and I know that she failed, so breaking news, Ashley failed 75 hard. Which is hilarious, I have to say, because I think that if anybody would put money on who would have failed first, based upon our previous podcasts and our previous challenges, everybody would be like, oh, Kendra's going to fail, Ashley's got this. Because I've killed every other challenge and then ate shit. No, you have list. not. No? You've never done 75 hard before. No, oh, no, you the mean... podcast challenge. Oh, okay. Yes, I have yeah. not killed 75 hard. You I'm are like, correct. You definitely have not passed the 75 <laughs> hard test. Yeah. Okay. She comes into the office, guns a-blazing, not really, but she's telling me about how she failed and what happened, and I already knew, and we have, um... Like, you knew I failed. Yeah, I already knew you failed. I didn't know the story behind... I didn't know there was a story. Like, usually it's just like, I forgot my picture. Oh, I didn't drink my water. Or I went out and indulged. Whatever. Um, So there's a group of five of us doing it. And they're all my bridesmaids. Love it. Yes. (laughs) Um, And everyone has failed except me and Annie. (laughs) Annie, fuck yeah. (laughs) I know. But she's going to fail because she's going to a wedding out of town and she already knows she's going to be drinking that weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, she just had a baby. They're going on their first trip, husband and wife away, for a weekend. They don't have to worry about the kids. So, like, they're totally – she knows what she's doing, and she's intentionally going to fail. But she's going to have so much progress before then, and then she's going to come back and jump back on the wagon. But the point is, Monique failed. Amanda's doing a whole different fucking program, so <laughs> – <laughs> But she's doing great. You're doing great, girl. <laughs> we love you. You are feeling it. <laughs> Thriving. And then Ashley failed last weekend. She went to a concert, and she told us that, whatever, it's fine. So she comes in here, is telling me the story. I'm at the edge of my seat. My jaw is on the floor. And then I stop us and say, we need to be recording this. <laughs> so from Ashley's failures to your ears. <laughs> Learn from my mistakes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So first things that I want to say is me failing 75 hard, the story that I'm going to share is no, like, it's not an excuse. Like, I failed 75 hard. I had options and choices, and I made choices that did not allow me to succeed. It was nobody else's fault but my own that I failed. So what happened was, well, the night before... Um, the day I failed, I ended up working till like 9.30. If y'all know me, my bedtime is 9. So I missed my alarm the next morning, which does not happen. And I missed my first morning workout. And I thought, okay, I can still make this happen. I can still get it in. It's fine. Then I find out that I have like two more hours of work than I was anticipating running around Colorado Springs. So I'm running around Colorado Springs for like three to four hours uh, in the morning and so I lose another two hours from doing that and I'm like crap where am I gonna get all this fit in but at this point you already did your first workout right? I have not 
Oh, you didn't I have anything. not got first workout in. My water intake is low. I'm I hadn't shocked. done my progress picture because I woke up so late. I missed my alarm. I woke up so late that I just had to wake up, get in the what shower. What time did you wake up? At like 6.30, but I had to be at the office by 7.30. Oh, damn. Yeah. So I missed my, which is my fault. Again, I should have set a better, louder alarm on Friday night knowing <laughs> that I was going to be really tired in the morning. Right. Um, so I take full responsibility for it. Then the next thing that I do, which is where I had a lot more control, was I get done with setting everything up and there's an hour before I'm supposed to be at a tailgate. And I had a choice right in that moment to make. Do I call the people at the tailgate and say, hey, I'm not gonna be able to make it to the tailgate, I'm gonna make it to the concert and find myself three more hours so I can get caught up or do I B, go to the tailgate? I went to the tailgate. That's where I made the ultimate choice of like, I am probably choosing to fail right now. There was a small little sliver of like, well, maybe it'll be okay in the back of my mind. Did you read at this point at all? Yes, I did read. Oh, okay. Um, so there's like this small sliver in the back of my mind that's thinking, well, maybe I'll be okay because the show ends at nine and I can try to get all this done at nine. Make it to the tailgate. They're like, no, Ashley, the show goes till 11. And I went, okay, I'm not doing this, and I had a drink. So I chose to fail. I made the choice. I could have made different choices, and I chose to fail. But I, what I decided in that moment is my priorities, or my what I spent my time on decided my priorities. I chose that it was more important for me to work, which is fair, than it is for 75 hard, and we all knew that. Like, that was my priority going into it. The priority that I chose that I shouldn't have chose that I made a promise to that I broke was I put my social events over 75 hard and that's what got me. If you could go back, would you do anything different? No. You wouldn't. No, because the process that I went through, I realized right now um, having a like in my environment and having social events and support is more important than hitting 75 hard because work feels this 40 hour work week feels so intense to me and like it feels like so much is being taken away from me um a 40 hour work I know week. I know oh I used to work 10 God. hours a week okay but it does it feels like so much of my time is 30 more hours of my week are being taken away from me that I used to spend doing other things that I enjoy and so I what I didn't realize is how much I would have to say no to social life in order to do 75 hard and I realized that I I truly value my social time more than I do 75 hard that's fair yes with that being said, I made a commitment and a promise, and that set me down a spiral when I broke that commitment and promise. Mm. So we've talked about this in previous episodes. I think it was like 30 pieces of advice for your 30s, maybe, or something like that, where we talked about how um, when like self-worth, oh, we talked about in boundaries, I think, self-worth and how it is attached to the promises that we make ourselves. So I promised myself that I was going to do 75 hard when I announced it on the podcast, when we talked about it with all of our friends. Like, that's me saying I am making a promise to myself to do 75 hard. I broke that promise to myself. And what we know is typically when that happens, that means we lose trust with ourselves because we made a promise. 
we broke that promise. What happens in any other relationship when we make a promise and we break it, we lose trust with that person. Mm -hmm. The same thing happens with ourselves. We lose trust with ourselves. If we don't trust ourselves, then that's automatically going to make us feel less worthy. Now, when I'm in this emotional experience the last week, I did not recognize that that's what's actually happening. Mm -hmm. But what's truly, I'm starting, I, what I am recognizing is, dang, I feel really lonely. Dang it, I feel not good enough. I feel unworthy. But I'm not able in that moment to connect, like, this is because I broke this promise to myself for 75 hard. But what does start showing up in my, in my mind is, well, when I did 75 hard with me and my ex, we made it to 56 days. I couldn't even make it five days alone. Mm. Then I start to like, I, I start to create this story around my ex and how I was a better person with him and how he made me a better person. So now I'm telling myself, I'm glorifying this. I'm like exacerbating anything I can to try to prove to myself that this is the story that I want to believe. And we've talked about that story wheel before too. So I'm thinking about like, oh, well, he got me back into the gym and I wasn't doing the gym for him. And so he's really making me a better person and I can't even get five days without him. I must be shit without him. And I'm starting to tell myself these really unnecessary negative stories about myself that are placing, instead of me owning my self-worth, it's placing all the responsibility of my growth onto him. And so now in my head, he's the reason why I've done so many amazing things because I decided to make up this damn fake story about him because I wasn't in a place where I could take responsibility of the experience of what actually happened, which was I broke a promise with myself that made me lose trust, that made me feel unworthy. If I could have identified those three things sooner, man, would I have saved myself some bullshit. Whew. <laughs> Are y'all with us still? <laughs> okay. I'm like still trying to like process everything that just came out of your mouth. But I think, okay, so the gist of it is you're feeling a kind of way about yourself. Like after you failed, which was kind of a, not really an intentional fail, but it, like you, it was a conscious decision yep. at that point. And despite it being the best decision for you in this season of the, your life that you're in right now, you still failed yourself in the sense of like you broke the promise that you made to yourself and it's showing up in ways that you didn't expect. Yep. You didn't expect to feel anything, I'm sure. And then all of a sudden the day after you fail, you're probably thinking, uh, I don't know, just like feeling this emptiness of like, well, what do I do now? Like, why do I feel lonely? There's nothing here. And I think that's part of being on a program like 75 hard is like you don't have time to think you know what I mean like you're not sitting here in your feelings thinking about like oh I should go to the gym and I should do this and I don't feel good enough like you have these tasks to do and you have to get them done by the end of the day so you just get up and fucking do it yeah you don't sit here and wallow in your self-pity because you don't have time for that you have a bunch of other shit to do and then you fail the program and that's how a lot of people feel on day 76 as well like when they mm. do finish the program is like well what now you know so it's almost like a, a parallel feeling but it's more like complete opposite reasonings yeah yeah well and, and I appreciate you saying too like the the fact of like I intentionally failed like I consciously I, you consciously yeah I not intentionally consciously that's the right word I consciously failed um, but it still was a fail. And the biggest lesson that I learned from it is 
um, when you decide to make a commitment, like step one, when you decide to make a commitment, uh, be like, be really clear on how important that commitment is to you. And are you going to move forward with it? Like that is a promise to yourself. And do you, do you have full confidence in that promise to yourself? Now, this is about progress, not perfection. So it's okay if we mess up and break promises. Mm -hmm. Like we're human, we're gonna break promises with ourselves. But the second lesson that I learned is to more quickly recognize what's happening inside of me and the relation to if I broke a commitment to myself. Um, Because this is a theme that keeps coming up for me. I make a promise of a boundary, then I break that promise with myself of that boundary, and then I go through the cycle of depression, loneliness, anxiety, creating these stories in my head that don't serve me. And a lot of times it can go back to this breaking a promise with yourself. So I think like if there's kind of two big lessons that I learned out of this, it's one, be conscious about the promises that you're making to yourself. And two, if you break those promises, be conscious of the way that you're mentally responding to that because you're probably mentally responding in a similar way that I was because that's that's the way we're wired, right? Right. So you were at the point of where you failed and you're attaching your failure to yourself yep. and your previous further success to the last relationship that you were in. So tell us what yeah. happened next. Okay, so I'm attaching, you're absolutely right, I'm attaching my failure to my personal worth now, and I'm thinking, because I'm shit, what's the, I can't fix me, obviously I'm shit, so I need somebody else to fix me, and I'm glorifying this person who, who quote unquote, fixed me last time, who really didn't, right? Like He actually kind of destroyed you. Right, right, (laughs) when that relationship was But you're not thinking about the shit, you're thinking about all of the good things, and you're like, wait, why am I not in that relationship? Like, he got me to, he got me to day 56, whereas I can't even get my, myself to day six. Yes, exactly. So So then what happened? All of this is happening, and so I start to think to myself, I have got to reach out to him. I have been, I have been in this fight with myself for eight to 10 months going back and forth if I should reach out to this man or not, because I go from glorifying him to absolutely hating him to glorifying him to absolutely hating him. And I'm in this place of where I am, I'm glorifying him. And so all I can think about is all of these great things that he quote unquote all these great things that he did da, 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 right and all weekend long i'm like i need to reach out to him i need to reach out to him i need to call him i open up the phone to start texting him i look at our past text messages i'm looking at his facebook status and seeing that it still says that he's single and i'm sitting there thinking what am i going to say to him like i need to call him and i need to say something to him so i finally yesterday morning Yesterday morning, I pick up the phone and I call him. After 10 months. Oh, God. And here's the thing. The last time him and I ever said a word to each other. Was like, fuck off. It, he, I was driving away in a van because he had just told me, ter- said terrible verbally abusive things that were like threatening things. Yeah. Right? Like 10 months ago, this man was threatening me. I was so afraid of this man that I like changed my lock code. I was calling police officers trying to ask how I can keep him out of my house. I mean, I was it got terrified for yes, my life. You got to 
consider dog to protect you. I got like, a dog to protect me. I considered filing a restraining order, but I was too afraid to file the restraining order because I thought that would intensify him trying to come after me. Like, I, I'm absolutely terrified of this man 10 months ago. But this is the beautiful, like, the crazy thing about addiction when you're with a manipulative narcissist, it's like an addiction because they gaslight you and they manipulate you, and then you start to gaslight yourself. And that's exactly what I was doing. We start believing the lies that they tell you. Yeah. Well, and I'm gaslighting myself this entire time as I'm prepping myself to call him. I'm telling myself, oh, these are all the great things about him. He did all of this good. All of this is great. I'm literally gaslighting myself of who he was and completely forgetting about all the negative things I experienced with him. Right. So this is what I'm going through. But hey, I'm in my head. I need to call him. So here's what I'm thinking. I'm like, if I call him, there's three outcomes that are going to happen. Worst case scenario, he does not reply back to me. He does not call me back. I know nothing different and everything's exactly the same. That's what I thought would be worst case scenario. I'm in the same exact place that I'm already in. Then I went, there's two other scenarios. Scenario one is he's going to say, I love you. I miss you. I want to be back with you. Scenario. Oh my God. <laughs> Scenario two, he's going to say, fuck off. Don't ever talk to me again. You're a bitch. I hate you. Right? So one is no answer whatsoever. You never hear from him again. Number two is I love you. I miss you. Let's get back together. Number three is fuck off. Lose my number. I hate you. Yes. Okay. That's that's fair. So I'm sitting here thinking, I just need some closure. So worst case scenario is the not responding back. I can live with that. Best case scenario my, I, I'm so caught up in my emotions that I'm thinking my intuition is going the best case scenario is that he's probably just going to tell me to fuck off. I realize that he's the, the same narcissistic guy and I can move on. Okay. Okay. The other scenario, which I think my ego really wanted was I miss you. I love you. Let's get back together. Oh, for sure. Your ego wants it. And then if you heard it, you'd be like, eh, what the fuck did I just do? You would have blocked him and changed your number. Well, and again, I wanted the validation from him, right? Like if, if there's one thing that could validate me that I was worthy, it's the man who was telling me for a year that I was not worthy. Mm. Right. If there's one thing that your could be ego a, wanted it, I need it. Yeah. My ego is like, I'm dying for that validation. Yeah. So I call him. Oh, God. He answers. Oh, my God. I just spill it all out. And Shut I the say, fuck up. Mr. X. <laughs> Ms. Mr. X, good day to you, sir. Mr. X, I don't know if this is my intuition or my ego talking, but I'm just going to be really vulnerable with you and tell you that I miss you. And he said... That's what you said? Mm-hmm. And he said... Um, can I call you back? I have a few appointments. Oh. I said, you're going to leave me hanging like that? And he said, um, yeah, let me call you back. And we hung up. Then he texted me and tried to ask me what it was about. I didn't tell him what it was about because, or wait, no, 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 that was before. He texted me and asked me what it was about. I didn't tell him what it was about. So he called me and said, I have a few appointments. Can I call you back later? Then he calls me again like an hour later. And he says, well, the first thing is, I have a girlfriend. Okay. And I was like, mm-mm. <laughs> first, I was hurt, right? Because my ego wanted him to be like, I love you and I miss you, right? 
But then second, I went, oh, what an interesting pattern. His status says single, but he actually is in a relationship, which he did that same shit with me. We were together for a whole year and he never posted me on social media. So a little red flag pops up. And I'm like, ooh, okay. And then he goes, but how are you? And he wants to talk with me. So I'm like feeling very vulnerable here. And I'm like, honestly, I feel like a mess right now. I'm, I, I'm a mess. And I'm like, I told him I'm just going through a hard time right now. I'm not sure like what I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing. And I'm like, we get into the conversation about the night that we broke up. And we both say, you know what, it was crazy, it was intense, it was insane. And I told him, I said, I was scared for my life. Like, I was scared that you were going to hurt me. And he says, um, oh, and I was like, and I, cause he asked if I knew where he moved to now. And I'm like, yeah, because I wanted to see where you were at cause I was afraid you were gonna hurt me. I wanted to make sure you were out of the state so you wouldn't come hurt me. And he says, oh, that's interesting because I felt like I was trying to hide from you because I was afraid of you. Ah, manipulation number one happens. What? Yep. So manipulation number one comes out of his mouth. And then we proceed to talk about it a little bit more. And I said, sir. (laughs) Mr. X, sir. (laughs) Mr. X. I said, "Um, everything that I did that night was fully to protect myself. And I think that you chose to have a lot of beliefs about me that were not a fair representation. I think that you thought that I was trying to hurt you when all I was doing was protecting myself because I was scared. How would he think that you were trying to hurt him? Because I left with all of his stuff in his credit card, which by the way, had no money on it because he was making no money. But anywho, and then he, I also, we had, we had some other things that were happening that he was trying to put on me. So there's some stuff that happened with the police while we were there. Um, and while this whole thing happens. So then he decides to proceed to tell me, well, I want you to know that, um, things have not solidified legally around what happened with that night. And he's like, and I've talked to multiple lawyers. And if it gets to the point, um, I have enough ramifications that you're going to get in trouble for this. Manipulation number two. What? Yeah. He says, um, I'm still pursuing legal actions and they might go against you. And I said, okay, that's all I needed to know. And I said, what I'm hearing is you're the same manipulative, narcissistic man that I left and that's all I need. And then I hung up. Oh my God. Why would he, he's such a liar. There are no legal ramifications a year later and he's yeah. still talking to multiple lawyers. Yep. He well, can't because even spell he's not, lawyer. He's not done getting his cause he got in trouble with the cops for that night and he's not done. They haven't given him his like, what's that called? Not execution and not sentence. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, his, uh, if we got to put him in a chair and electrocute him, <laughs> then so be it. They haven't like solidified what, what's going to happen with that, his sentence or whatever it is. Like they haven't told him what he has to do because of that. It's still pending. And so he's trying to say that he has enough against me that I'm going to be responsible for it. When I was hanging up the phone, he, he was saying as I was hanging up, he's like, well, it's interesting that you say uh, 
manipulation or you say that because my lawyers and then I hung up but I'm pretty sure what he was going to say is my lawyers are the ones that are saying that you're manipulating me and that you're narcissistic I could almost guarantee that's what he was gonna say because that's how they are they gaslight you they're narcissistic they manipulate you but here's at the end of the day like the biggest realization for me is being with a narcissistic manipulative man is like an addiction and I literally am trying to go through rehab of not going back to this addiction and I relapsed but why okay so have you told the new guy any of this no okay why would you feel if you're seeing someone new to reach out to this ex who treated you like shit. Because it's a, it's an addiction. It's like this old guy, I created this unrealist, I put him on a pedestal. But why didn't you go to the new guy? Because the new guy, he's wonderful, but the new guy wasn't the one that I could put on a pedestal of like, he did this for me and he made me become this person Mm -hmm. and he changed me in this way. Mm -hmm. Right. And all that was sitting in my head was I'm not good enough. I can't do this without doing it with my ex. My ex is the only one who actually got me as far as I got. And so therefore I'm not worthy. And therefore I'm obviously a better person with this man. Like that's the bad story that I'm telling myself. That goes back to the, point we made a couple episodes ago too of how you're a codependent person yes like you don't take any like I'm not this is gonna come out wrong but you don't you're not taking responsibility for yourself of like yes I'm independent I either succeed or fail because of my own actions and I'm the only person in charge of my own successes and failures you're attaching your success to him and you're only attaching your failure to not being with him that was exactly what was happening a hundred percent and that was those those four days it was like I got so emotional like logically I know all of this we're talking about it on podcasts we're teaching it on the you podcast. were like out of all the people that I know you are like the queen of self improvement it's like personal development so it's just like mind-boggling that you are the one that goes through this weird shit yeah because we're all human and I'm I'm an emotional individual just like everybody else and I think that's why this is such a good uh conversation to have with everybody because even though I am logically so aware of what's happening when I get into the emotion, my logical side of my brain literally turns off. You're going into fl- fight, flight, or freeze, and you can't logically process things. Right. And that's what I went into. And I went into this fight, fl- fight, flight, or freeze area where all I could think about was emotionally me falling apart. And I turned into the victim. I blamed my failures on everybody else. I uh, put put responsibility on to somebody else to try to make things better and it wasn't until I could step out of that anxiety I got the answer I needed from him right as soon as I got the answer that I needed from him it was like all that anxiety released and I could start to think logically again and I went what the hell did I just do and all of that came to me all that logic of oh I was placing my or I I promised myself something I broke that promise I lost trust with myself. I lost my worth with myself. I became a victim. And then I tried to glorify somebody else 
to place that failure on. Like, why did I fail? Oh, this person is the reason why I succeed. When all of it goes back to, I broke a promise with myself. That's all that happened. And I went down this horrible, this dark, dark hole because I broke a promise with myself. Now, the lesson that I need to learn and keep working on is how do I move myself out of that anxiety and into logic more quickly so I don't self-destruct like that Yes. So how are you going to do that? I'm talking to my therapist. (laughs) (laughs) Like twice a week? (laughs) Uh, A few things that I did. So it's like we're literally doing addiction counseling because that's what it feels like. And so some of the things when you're an addict is to first make sure that you're not like you're not around the things that uh, turn on your craving. So some of the things that would turn on my craving is I had a hidden photo album of me and my ex because we had a lot of really cool memories. And in the there was a side of me that said, I don't want to lose these memories. This was fun. But I would open up that album when I was feeling sad and lonely and I'd start to glorify him because I'm only looking at pictures of all the great times we had. I didn't take pictures of him verbally abusing me, of him mentally abusing me, of him right. You had, him abusing you Instagram my Instagram-worthy photos. Yeah, him abusing my dog. I don't have any pictures of Jeez. those, but I have all these pictures of these great moments. So I'm glorify I'm glorifying us in those pictures. So all of that's deleted. His Good. phone number was in my phone, so it made it very easy for me to just press call or text him. I deleted his phone number from my Good. phone. Um, his social media, I opened that back up before I have now blocked him again on social media. So those like, those are some of the things that my therapist and I have talked about is like, what are the triggers for you that make you start to go down this path and how can you eliminate those triggers more? The second thing that I'm working on is, um, trying to figure out like, what are those things that I glorified about him or what are those things that I really loved in the relationship were actually healthy? How can I find those in myself? And then what are those things were actually unhealthy and unrealistic and were just like love bombing or gaslighting, getting really, really clear mm-hmm. on the details of that and being able to release those and say, that's not healthy. I don't want that a part of my own life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the process we're working on. Interesting. Yeah, so there it is. My fucked up self in a nutshell. <laughs> okay, so you texted our group that you're going to restart 75 hard. Yeah, that's not happening. Okay, I kind of figured. Here's what I'm doing. Because, the, the like I said, the lesson that I learned is I made a commitment to something that I actually am not committed to. What I know I'm committed to, though, is I am committed to taking care of my mental health and taking care of my physical health. Good. Um, Some things that happened during 75 Hard that I was having a really hard time with is I didn't meditate when I was doing 75 Hard because it wasn't a part of the program, and it just felt like one more thing I couldn't add into my day, Mm. and I missed it a lot because I meditate every day. You should still meditate every day. I know, but I felt like now I didn't have room to add it in. Like there was, I was trying to pack things too tight. That's probably not an accurate belief, but that's where it, okay. that's where it went. So um, I added meditation back in. Um, I'm calling this the eighty twenty program. Okay. <laughs> so eighty percent of the time, I'm going to do the twenty percent of the things that make me more healthy. 
80% of the time, meaning my goal is to be 80% perfect, 80% on target, not doing it 100%. I think the other thing that I was struggling with is like... I have to pee. I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh. Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> How do we stop this? I'm back. Okay. <laughs> sorry about that. That gallon of water went right through me. <laughs> so I'm doing what we call an 80-20 rule. Okay. okay. Tell me about the 80-20 so 80% of the time, I'm going to do the mo- the 20% of things that are most impactful to my mental and physical health. So I'm no longer doing like 100% of the time I can mess up, which I think is going to help me in my perfectionism. Um, like doing 75 hard is about being perfect and I'm recovering perfectionist. Mm. So, uh, so this is a trigger for you? A little bit, I think. Um, so I'm, I'm going to do 80-20. So the things that I'm going to do, um, I'm committing to one 45-minute workout a day. It can be inside, outside. Um, I'm committing to drinking a gallon of water still a day, reading 10 pages a day. I'm committing to meditating every single day. Um, and then also Richard getting, Richard, my dog, getting a walk every day. But that walk doesn't necessarily need to be done by me. So, like, my friend Kayla took Richard on a walk today. That's perfect. But it's just making sure that he gets a walk. Um, Do you I, still have the other dog? No. She's been adopted. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I bet that's a huge weight lifted off your shoulders. It is. Yeah. Then I'm also committing to no alcohol. For and, how long? And, until Tulum. You're a liar. Why? Well, hold on. Hold on. Okay. No <laughs> alcohol. And then eating Mediterranean. You're going to drink on your birthday. Okay, hold on. It's called the 80-20. Oh, okay. 80% of the time, I'm going to do these 20% of She's things. She's going to drink 80% of the time. I'm not even that big of a drinker. So there it is. I I want to hit 80% success on these things. So okay. 80% of the time, I'm doing these things, but I have 20% of flexibility. So 20% of the time, maybe I miss my Mediterranean diet. Maybe I drink some alcohol. Maybe Richard doesn't get on a walk. Maybe I don't get a full 45-minute workout in. Like, I'm allowed to be imperfect. Okay. That's fair. I'm allowed to be a B student. Yes. (laughs) You are. So, I feel, like, I feel that I can commit to that and I can hit that and still meet my expectations, my commitments that I have to make, and also the things that are important to me, which is, like, connecting with my friends and community and um, socializing and stuff. There you go. Yeah. So there it is. You got There's it. Ashley's um, <laughs> whole process of dealing with her mental health issues. and <laughs> This could be titled Mental Health Issues again. <laughs> but, and I think most people can relate to this. You know, like most people can relate to the fact that they've made a promise to themselves, they haven't committed to that promise, or they've made some dumbass decision to do something that they shouldn't have done, and then they go back and think, why the hell did I do this? And I hope that like my processing and logic behind it helps people realize why maybe we're making decisions that aren't best suitable. I will have to say, I don't regret calling him. I think that I would have kept... Don't. I don't. I think I would have kept hold, holding on to that. I was having a hard time for a really long time not communicating with him. And I got so much resolution to know that he's the same exact person who thinks the same exact way that he did 10 months ago. 
Okay, but my issue with that is, like, you need to learn how to let it go. Like, you need yeah. to learn to not, de- like, I hate that you're, like, I don't regret calling him because I wish you were in the mindset before that, like, that no fuck him, it's not even an option to give this person who destroyed me, a, like, even the satisfaction that I ever thought about them from the minute I drove away from that. Yeah. Situation. Yeah, I hear that. I like, I wish way. that was your higher priority of, like, I need to learn how to process that. I don't need to go back to him for any sort of, like, for me to move on. I don't need closure. Like, the closure is he's a piece of shit or, like, it didn't work out. Even if he wasn't a piece of shit. Sometimes you just need the closure of, like, we're not meant for each other. Hope he's doing well. I need to, like, worry about myself because that's not even an option. Yeah, I hear you. Like, I gave him ammo to know that I'm still having a hard time. Oh, yeah. And that, like, giving like, that away. He's, like, jerking off to that right now. Yeah, giving that away it is, like, it gives some of my power away. Um, and I think you're absolutely right. Like, if you think about it in addiction, I relapsed. Like, I relapsed on an addiction. I think that I do need to grow and... <laughs> the biggest conversation my therapist and I had this morning was what do we need to do to ensure that you don't ever want to do that again, that you don't need validation from him or validation from anybody else to get closure. What do we need to do where you feel like you can get closure on your own because you're strong enough to do that in that space, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So I think that's like the next big domino to knock over. That's the next work in progress. Well, I think some of it comes back to your own ego, too. Okay. Like, maybe, like, you're, you mentioned you wanted to call him because you were hoping to hear, I want you, I love you, let's try this again. And that was your ego talking. Whereas, like, your ego should want you yourself. Like, I want to be the baddest bitch because, like, that's what's going to bring me power. Yeah. Like, you're not comparing yourself to anyone else. You're not wanting to improve your life or be someone to make someone miss you. Like, you want to be the baddest bitch for yourself. Yeah, it's like I my if I'm going to leverage my ego, it's that I can create my own validation of my self-worth. But, right, yes. but in that moment, I allowed my ego needed somebody else to validate me. And it goes and, back to the codependency. Yeah, and, and I need to work on that too. I was telling my therapist this morning. So, too. like, where can we stem it all down to? Like, if you we were to give it one, like, this is the one thing this is stemming from, like, where would you say that is? An- my anxious attachment, a.k.a. codependency. I'm an anxious attached person. I still, like, here's what, what was interesting. I was telling my therapist this morning, like, when I'm not intertwined with another man and it's just like me and I don't have to think about me in a romantic relationship I'm a fucking boss bitch you're amazing I have so much power like I'm so proud of myself I, I feel so validated in myself but as soon as I try to attach a man into my life I attach so much of my worth to that man and I anchor into that person very anxiously and I become very anxious attached and my therapist said well do you need to back off and stop dating and I said I I figure out how to do You're that. Like, well. It's too late. I'm too attached. To <laughs> I'm like I I but I already know how to be a badass single. 
I don't know how to be a badass when I start to date somebody or when I'm in a relationship with somebody. That's where the work needs to happen because that's where it's getting really messy. Mm -hmm. I need to start figuring out what's healthy in a relationship and how do I healthily attach to somebody. And I think that I need to start practicing it. And so I think that these next few months are probably going to be pretty messy of me trying to learn how to actually healthily attach to a partner without being anxiously attached, but securely attached. Hmm. There's what we'll nail it down to. Well, damn. I'm exhausted for you. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot. Yeah. I am so thankful I am not, like, a codependent person. (laughs) Like, I'm a fucking shit show, but I am not a codependent person, and, you know, that's all I could be thankful for. (laughs) Yeah, pros and cons, you know. For sure. Yeah. Like, I could do 75 hard, I wouldn't say easy, like, it's not an easy, like, program, program, but it's, like, I don't... It would be nice to have my girls with me do it, but I knew y'all would drop like flies. I had high hopes. I had high hopes. I know, and the other thing that happened... I thought you would make it a lot further. I thought I would, too. I thought I was going to make it. I really thought I was, but obviously I was committed to something else. The other thing that was really hard for me that I struggled with when I decided that I was going to quit was the shame of not... Like, I made a commitment to you, too, and I broke that commitment and the shame and the guilt around that. And all of our listeners. Yeah, and all of our listeners, too. But most importantly, you. Like, our listeners love you. Love you. But when you make eye contact with somebody and you say you're going to commit to that, and then you don't, that feels shitty, you know? It's okay. I've been let down all my life. (laughs) Jesus Christ. <laughs> now let's go into my problems. Um, <laughs> yeah. Your turn. Spill your shit to the world. <laughs> I'm good. I'm, I'm thriving, okay? I'm the I kind lost, of. Okay, I lost. Okay, after listening to Ashley's shit show mess of a life. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're getting there, girl. Just one little baby step at a time. Yes. A few steps back, but we're, we're going forward. <laughs> um... First week, I lost six pounds. You're fucking killing me. I don't know how. Like, that's crazy. That is insane. I mean, I'm sure some of that is water weight, but also... How could it be water weight? You're drink. I'm drinking more water than I ever have. How that's would true. drinking more water be water weight? I don't know, because when you work out, you, start, you process water quicker. Oh, that's true. I am peeing like a racehorse. Yeah, you're probably flushing a lot of shit out of your system, and you're probably like... You're not bloated anymore because you're eating things that are more healthy for your body and not bloating you. So so I bet you some of that is from healthy choices. And then I also am sure that some of it is, like, true weight loss. Yes. Yeah. And that's fucking badass. I'm running again. That has to feel so good. I love it. I'm, like, sore, though. Are you? Oh, yeah. Like, my shoulders, arms, my legs are sore. It feels good, though. Yeah, good sore. And then I joined that coaching program. Did you? I finally pulled the trigger. I started that. I paid for it on Wednesday. Today's Thursday. I paid for it on Tuesday. Yesterday was my first day, like, getting into, like, the program itself. And then today doing that all day. Um, And then I'm starting with my script practice 
partner on Monday. And that's, that's a bomb. five day a week commitment. That's um, amazing. Jumped on the first call today. And Brandon Mulrennan said my name. He said, Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching this guy's YouTube videos for a couple years now. So, That's like, cool. to be in his virtual presence is exciting. That's super cool. Yeah. Congrats, my friend. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm not sharing it with everybody, just, like, my close people and obviously all of you. But, like, <laughs> I don't want to share it with the team yet. Like, I don't want them. I don't know. I'm just – I want to have some success and see that it works before, like – sharing and I might yeah. be slightly bitter that you know I didn't get any assistance with it but it's fine yeah well the thing about you that's so beautiful is that when you decide that you need to make that next step you will go make that next step for yourself and when I commit to something like I'm committed you really are I'm a Taurus we're yeah. loyal loyal AF yes all right y'all um another exciting thing Hold on. Oh, sorry, I got a text. I have a lot going on right now, okay, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> the Airbnb, someone, I'm trying to get someone to book it, but it's not going through their requests, so working things out. We're going bridesmaids dress shopping on Sunday. Yes! So exciting. So exciting. Yes, and then we'll probably do brunch before, or actually Annie wants to do, like, a meal afterwards so that y'all can feel snatched in your dresses. I love that idea. One of two reasons. If we go eat beforehand, we're going to feel a little bloated for dress shopping. That was cute. But second, I can make it afterwards and I don't know if I can make it beforehand. Mm. (laughs) So So brunch it is. (laughs) (laughs) I am totally for eating afterwards. Okay, well we'll see what we plan on doing because I don't think Amanda can make it afterwards. Oh, because she well, has you to could pick do up Jackson. brunch before dress shopping and then some snacky snacks after. I don't have that kind of time. Okay, um, I have programs to do. That's right. Wait, is that this coming week? That's this Sunday. Oh fuck! I have an open house. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'll just have my partner cover the open house for me. Okay, anyway, we hope you guys learned something from this. If you're anything like me, you're still trying to process everything that just spewed out of Ashley's mouth. <laughs> Jesus, that Thanks. was a journey. Thanks. You know, if, if th- I do anything, I go on journeys. <laughs> Sometimes they're a little little, rocky. She likes a little good adventure. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Okay, well, we would love to hear if anyone has started 75 Hard since we joined and or failed, Mm -hmm. like our buddy over here. Um, And, yeah, just tell us about what you're struggling with. And you know what sounds fun is maybe next week we ask our listeners what we talk about. Yeah, love that. Okay, if you guys have a topic for us or questions for us, mm-hmm. you can message us on Facebook or Instagram and tell us what you want to talk about. Yeah, we'd love that. We'll shoot the shit on any topic you give us. Ooh, that could be fun. <laughs> okay, um, and don't forget to share the episode with your peeps and play it and then replay it again and hit the follow button on Spotify. Yeah, we love you. Bye. Bye.